declare in our hearts and say we no longer just speak empty words, but the prophetic word that, that Lord, if you're not moving, I'm not moving. And Lord, if you go, I'm going to go. But whatever I do, I don't want to be left in a place where your presence does not exist. I don't want to stay in something that God is not. So Lord, we declare, I want to be where you are. Father, I thank you. I lift up each and every person here, got up and came to church because they want to be where you are. And not that you're not everywhere, but there are specific places that you call us to be in. We know God is everywhere. That is a, a simple one. But where God ordains, where God is sufficient is where you are in that place where you know God is hovering over and the Spirit of God is moving over. He says, I know who you are. And, and as he asked, as he asked Adam, Adam, where are you? Because my presence is here and you're not. I want you to be with me. So Lord, we declare right now with all of our heart, soul, mind, and body, I want to be where you are, Lord Jesus. I got I gotta be where you are. I can't, I can't be, I can't be in another place without you. I can't, I can't stay in something where there is no God, where my creator who would take my zero and make it into something. I need to be where you are because you're the only one that can take my nothing and make it exactly that. You're the only one that can heal me from hurts that people have died from. Heal me from wounds that people have turned into an infection. In Jesus' name, I just want to be with you, Lord. I want to be where you are, and I don't know and I don't care how much it takes to be in that place. But I put myself there, and I shall not be moved. And, Lord Jesus, we just thank you this morning as a church body in the midst of our fast, Lord, right there. I want to be right there where you are, Lord Jesus. I, I pray for a stronger grip for each and every person here in the midst of their fast and clinging on to that I have not touched what I know is going to be touched in my life. So, therefore, I'm hungry to touch the things of God. I'm hungry to touch God. It is not about food. It is about God. There is something I need to taste and see that God is good. I don't want to taste anything else other than the goodness of God. I resist the devil. He shall flee. And Lord, in a power of a 21 days, Lord, we relinquish every thought, every attitude, every emotion, every appetite to the kingdom of heaven. Even stronger. I sense that some of you want to be greater and want to go deeper. You're going to have to do the thing that maybe nobody else around you is doing. Nobody else may be at the place you're at. Even in this holy moment, even in this holy thing that we're doing, God may have called you to be a little bit further. Called you to be a little bit longer because he knows what he wants to do through you. Lord Jesus, here am I, as Isaiah said. Here am I, Lord. Here am I. Send me, Jesus. Send me to do the greater thing. Send me to do the thing that will cause the uh, 
arguments in my household to stop. Send me to do the thing, Lord God, that's going to make the turnaround and break the confusion in my children. Send me, Lord Jesus, to do the thing that's going to bring forth a shield of protection and open my mind and open my children's mind to learn and understand the wisdom of God. Send me, Lord. Send me as I kneel me to you. You want something greater than you've ever had before. Not about getting things. The greater thing you want is God. It's the greater thing. It's greater than God. It's not in your routine. It never has been. But you need something out of the ordinary. And you need to do something out of the ordinary. Because ordinary is different than extraordinary. Extra is not there. The Lord Jesus, we take that step remove ourselves. So Father, I speak a, uh, a corporate anointing of repentance over attitudes and emotions that Lord God, that there be an, uh, uh, a complete relinquish from any type of strife or any type of thing that's trying to hang around during this time. And it's not enough not to eat. It's also a part of us to walk uh, planned in the purpose of God. To walk committed and completely sold out. So we humble ourselves in the presence of God. We pray diligently right now. Every thought, every intent of the heart, God cares about every detail of your life. Lord, we receive it now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, we want to take some time and pray with you. We met uh, for two hours. Now, these, are, these kids were they're out there. I mean, they, they got some stuff. And nobody told me how out there they were. When I got in there, and so, uh, you know, they dropping the inbound. I mean, it is a way of speech, you know, and, and so it's just the way they're talking, and all the people are looking, and you can tell the adults are looking at, you know, how I'm going to respond to this. But, you know, I don't have the energy to connect with their ignorance. I only was connected with what God wanted to do, right? And so I, I was, <laughs> it was funny, so we started doing stuff. So you had some kids who didn't want to do stuff. And it, it was cool because I kept explaining to them, not everybody is going to be on board with what you want to be successful in, but you have to keep going. You can't sit on the side because they're sitting on the side. And one kid that really broke my heart was he was so medicated. It made me upset and frustrated. He was so medicated, he couldn't even hold his head up. They had medicated him so much. He, he only could, he says, he just, he just couldn't even pick his head up. And I was so, I was just sitting there, I was like, man, it was so frustrated. So I began to talk about just the basic things. None of you guys have ever heard me speak at schools publicly. Just talk about our stuff, talking about all of our lives and, and things we're going through. And so little bit by little bit, we kept seeing kids stand up and start to get into it. And these two hours apparently are really boring to these kids until Friday. Two hours, they, cause they have to talk about what do you think about goals and what do you think about success? You know, and these kids are like, man, I said, no, we're going to act it out. So as we're doing this one activity, they're all freaked out. So I asked them to link arms. And uh, the kids go, oh, man, I'm not, I'm not doing that. You know, I go, oh, I, I didn't know that was a problem to link arms. And the one little boy that was fighting it the most. So as we did it without half of them, most of us did it, you, I continued anyway. And I think a lot of times we look around and see who's not doing stuff. So we stop. We go, well. You know, they're not doing it. I said, no, we're going to have a good time. I'm going to have a good time with or without you. See, because I get to leave early. I don't have to go back. I don't, I don't you know, I don't have to go back to this. And, and so as we were, we were doing this in linked arms, uh, the, the, uh, the kids that were sitting there were like, come on, man. 
let's just get up. Let's just be a part. Let's just be a part of this. And so <laughs> as we're going, they're 15, 16-year-olds. One kid's got a baby on the way. One kid's got to go to a halfway house. And all of them got records. 16, I, man, I got a 16-year-old. They all are like that. And as we, were, as we were doing our thing, the guy looks at his clock. We're doing that silly little Hunger Games activity they made us. And uh, as I was doing that, the adults started to turn away because they had been just thinking, no way anybody can talk to these kids. There's no way these kids are going to run him off. There's no way. You can see it one by one begin to drop. They begin to tell them, be encouraged about your job. You're the only one that's ever going to speak any life into these kids. Only one ever, ever that's going to speak life to them. And, and everything that has happened to them, and as we begin to talk about different things that has happened, I'm talking like rough, rough stuff that has happened to them, we begin to tell them to let that go so they can move on with their lives. Better future, better times, better places. And God will give us that word. As we pray Wednesday night in the midst of the fast of a prophetic word, I hadn't said anything different than what they'd been hearing. What I did is it came from a different platform, a different spirit. Okay, so be prepared. God is going to show you the, the thing to do. So that was a cool thing to do. They said the, the next thing we want to do is when can you come back? All right. So I think God is preparing us for the roughest of things to turn those around. They were telling all the adults surrounded and said, you know, they don't talk. They don't act. How did you get them to do that? And I said, I was going to do me regardless. I was going to do I, if I would ran around and done the activities myself. I wouldn't leave until I was done. Right? Don't leave until you're done. Don't leave until you're done and stick with it. I think God was just showing it and showing it and showing it. And so then they began to talk about contracts and all that good stuff. I think the blessings of God is in the work of God and working for God. And so all the hurts. This, this one little girl had a, so much mascara around her eyes. I, I just don't even know how she closed. I, I thought her eyes were black at one point. They weren't. It was just she had dipped them so much. And so... Uh, she was trying to trying to fight off crime when we were talking about uh, rapes and different things that were going on in, in life. So people people have it. You know, you have to be ready to go. So kids running home, go, Mom, I don't have it good. I, there's worse. There's worse. You need to be thankful. You need to be thankful. There is much, much worse. You know, and most of them are living outside throughout the weekend. So let's make sure we're thankful. Amen? Thank you guys for your prayers. I know you send me. I know I'm not there by myself. I know it's because of our church and believing in people that I get to go and, and speak and, and do what I do. So I'm, I'm thank, grateful to you for the connection. Amen. All right. Well, if you're visiting, I want you to remain seated. The rest of us, we're going to jump up and greet you and greet each other. So let's go do that now. You have in your hand that you are going to follow by. Let's lift them up and let's speak the word over them or follow. Repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I am what the word says I am. It's the living seed of God living in me, and I'll never be the same. Never, never, never will I be the same. God increase, pastor decrease. Give me ears to hear what God has to say. Going to walk with power, not let the lost get left. Amen. You guys may be seated. And good morning, good morning, good morning, y'all. As we uh, stay in.
with God. And there's some things that God wants to show us, like, like we'll preach about today, about before I die. Some things you guys, that people say bucket lists. Uh, you also should have a believe list of things you want to see before you die, before you go. Live God's purpose and see that it surfaces in this life. To live on purpose for God. I want to see it surface. Like before I die, I want to see the things of God surface in our life. I think we all should be saying, my children uh, are going to bury me. I'm not going to bury them if the Lord tarries. Not being afraid of what happens out there. Uh, so I, the one thing I'm, the, the, this generation in my family that I believe, I know I'm going to do is not bury one of my children. And I'm belie I believe that's not going to happen. It'll be the first time my grandmother had to do it, my mother had to do it, but I'm believing I will not have to do it. It has already happened in the generation below me where my niece has already had to bury her child, but I don't believe I'm going to do that. And I'm believing God for them to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. There's several things that we want to believe before we die. And this is the gentleman we're going to talk about, about the birth of Jesus and, and what God had promised to him. In Luke chapter 2, verse 25 to 35, quite a few scriptures, so hang in there. A man named Simeon was in Jerusalem. He lived an honorable and devout life. He was waiting for the one who would comfort Israel. The Holy Spirit was with Simeon and had told him that he wouldn't die until he had seen the Messiah whom the Lord would send. Moved by the Spirit, Simeon went into the temple courtyard. Mary and Joseph were bringing the child Jesus into the courtyard at the same time. They brought him so that they could do for him what Moses' teachings required. Then Simeon took the child in his arms and praised God by saying, Now, Lord, you are allowing your servant to leave in peace as you promised. Man, think about how many people died without peace because they didn't stick around to see what God had promised. Many times they may not have known that God had promised. My eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people to see. He is a light that will reveal salvation to the nations and bring glory to your people Israel. Jesus' father, Jesus father and mother were amazed at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, The child is the reason that many people in Israel will be condemned and many others will be saved. He will be a sign that will expose the thoughts of those who reject him, and a sword will pierce your heart. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you are holding us here on this earth. We're alive today for a specific purpose and plan. Let us understand and see what our gift is, our calling is, and most of all, Lord God, our love is. And Lord, we just thank you for this word coming alive in us. As we've prayed, I decrease, you increase. Have your way over this word. In Jesus' name, everybody say, amen, amen. So we believe God has a plan, a purpose, and a vision for all of us. Before we die, we shouldn't be checking out too soon, right? That, that is the thing of it is. And so if you catch yourself sitting around like, I mean, you know, I'm just tired. I'm just ready to die. Man, you're checking into the wrong book. That's the wrong thing. God has a has a plan for us.
to see some things happen, and usually it's in your own family. I'm amazed at people who, who say they love their families but never really pray for them, never really lift them up. They love to spend time with them is what they say, but really, really, I, I'm, I don't want to just be around them. I want to see them better. I want to see generations better. I mean, you should have a, a list of all of the family members, at least in your heart, that you pray for daily. If you're truly family people, these are truly the family people, is what I hear. And they're so family. I've asked people, man, you're just saying, man, we're, we're big families. Well, what do you pray over your families? Oh, well, I don't. Really? How close are you? How close are you? And so, and, and, and nothing against about hanging out. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, let's make sure we're praying over them, too. Instead of get together, let's be together in Christ and be together spiritually, not just the once a year physically thing that we do. So part of that is God has a blueprint. And a lot of times the enemy will distract it by throwing other things there that may not be working in your life and get you off track. So let's say if something bad happens, he's like, well, you're like, man, you know, I'm just going to give up. I'm going to quit. And God is like, I really didn't call you to see that come to pass. There's something I need you to see come to pass, even with your own children, even with your own life. He called this man to stay. And, and again, the thing that held the man was he was devout toward God. Devout, the devotion, we could say it that way. He had a devotion toward God to see things and not accept things. See what God wanted him to see. Stick around till God showed him. Now, he was very old. You imagine going to church every day, waiting for the Messiah. That, and then he probably lived through that time where, where there was nothing being said during the time before Malachi was written. It's just, I mean, it's just stuff that was going on that he had to stick around. Some of us need to stick with it. That's the same thing I told those kids. I go, look, I'm, I'm going to stick with it. What are you going to do with yourself? What's your plan? What's your, what's your deal? So before I die, I want to see the blueprint, the things that God has. So Simeon did give us a life as, as a blueprint to understanding why we're still here and what God wants to accomplish through us. It is terrifying to me to think about how many people checked out mentally, emotionally, and physically. Gone. Gone. They've died. They've quit saying anything important. In fact, they rehearse what things are not working. They're negative. They're, they're very negative. They they're not even rehearsing what God has spoken to them. Well, if you're not reading the word, you're not going to know that either. But speak about what God is talking about. You can kind of find that out quickly after talking to them. They're not trying to see their children blessed. They're not talking about seeing the things working in life. Hey, I got something you can praise God for. The fact you can alive to praise God for. That's a good one. That's one you can do. That's one you can lead into. But before I die, Simeon was going to see the accomplishments of God and Jesus come. This is, but they were, they've checked out because they were not walking with God and didn't understand their reason for being here on this earth. You've heard it all the time. People, I don't even know why I'm here the craziest thing that when I told those those kids I said man I want to thank you guys because you guys gave me something now I laughed a lot right I laughed a lot at some of their behaviors and and mannerism and some of the stuff that they talked about but they were headed down the road and it was for the first time ever somebody had told them that they had given them they they gave something 
And I don't even think we could help anybody. We didn't think we have anything to give to anybody. I said, you have a lot to give, anybody, give a lot of people. In fact, I'm cashing your checks because until you step up and speak, because you've been through a little bit more than I have, I'm going to keep taking your job. Most of them think that all we can do is work in fast food or be a mechanic, which is nothing wrong with being a mechanic. But I said, you also could stand before people and tell them what you went through so that you can help them not to go through it. Maybe you could give back. And that's the one little girl with all the makeup was struggling with her tears. Because maybe you're, we went through something, doesn't have to be the last thing. Well, a boy's father, he has a father, but he has three different moms. His dad is just bounced out. For the first time ever, he heard someone say, you can be something. Now, if you know about those facilities, the people that work there are angry. The workers are mad. In fact, one worker jerked a chair from under a kid. Before I started, like I walked in the room, and he was stepping to him like he wanted to fight him. That's how the adults made it uncomfortable in there. So I'm thinking, if that's what's over the kids, then somebody else needs to get in there, right? Right? If we know to do good and don't do it, to me, I would be sinning. Knowing God's call is much greater than having a cause. Kids are growing up without a word because people have gone away from God. They don't have a word. Kids are growing up away from God because adults are away from God, and they're not giving their kids a word. They're giving them an Xbox, but not a word. PlayStation, not a word. What's your kid's word from God? What's the word over them? They need a word. And even as I began to sit back there, there was this old gentleman in a whole bunch of Notre Dame gear that uh, was a worker, and I began to talk about without a vision, people die. And then he went from being slumped over into sitting up because he said he was a pastor. But he didn't sit like one for the first hour and a half until I said that. I said, if you guys don't have a vision, you will perish. So we put on blindfolds, blindfold everybody that would blindfold, and told them to get in a certain order. And they started screaming and trying to get in direction. And then the guys that wouldn't link before, all four got in a group and hugged each other and walked in the one direction together, right? So a lot of times when one sense is gone, most kids are acting out because something they can't see. To find out what are you looking for? What are you trying to see? You're getting in trouble because you can't, you're acting out loud. If I blindfold all of y'all, you would start talking real loud and told y'all to get in order about how many people are in your family, get in numerical order. Y'all would scream at each other to get in that order because some way you think, because I can't see, I need to talk louder. We do that with people who can't hear. We think if we talk louder and slower, I can't hear. It don't matter how loud you talk. It's almost like putting on a brighter shirt to a blind person. It don't matter. You got to figure out a different route. It just, that doesn't make sense. And same thing with you. You've heard it over and over again, but before you die, your kids need a word, need a blessing. This was common in the Old Testament about uh, the fathers blessing the children, blessing the sons, especially sons. Men need to be blessed. The prisons are filled with men without a word, without someone speaking over there. You are capable of raising a family. You're capable of holding a job. You're capable of living a life where you're going to have integrity and be a blessing to others. You don't have to beat women. You don't have to run around. You don't have to be a drug addict. You don't have to be a drug dealer. There's a word from heaven that God has called you to be his own. And he says, but before I die, I want to see it fulfilled. 
you need to be willing to do that. And Matthew chapter 24, verse 35 says this, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Give them something that's going to last for eternity. The word of God doesn't need batteries. Batteries are not included. They're not needed. The word's always available. The word's always working. The word is always active. Give them a word each and every day. If you've tried everything else, which is usually when people start praying, it's come to that. I believe that God wants to give up. <laughs> I believe that people want to give up on life because they have, they have gained things that don't last forever. They've gained things that don't last forever. Ever got something that was supposed to satisfy you? Don't last forever. The car that you get, you get a different car. I never saw a Jeep Patriot till I got one. Now everybody has one. You know how that works? People are just unsatisfied. Your emotions, emotions, either they're energy motions or they are just real bad motions. What is your emotion? So I, I want to basically look at God, what do I need to do? What is my, what do I need to, to speak over my own life? How do I gain that? That they don't last forever. Uh, you know, uh, relationships don't last forever. Right? Especially those that are not marriage, especially those not God called ordained. And even those that they're not submitted under God, they won't. Right? As one friend of mine said, his dad told him years ago, now I know his dad couldn't have said much wisdom, but this was it. Um, that your friend circle will get very small as you get older, right? You hear about people, I got five, six best friends. All right. Keep that up. Where's the hard times come? See how five, six of them show up. And maybe some people are fortunate enough to uh, manipulate their minds that way, that they have five or six. But sometimes it's usually not that many. Sometimes you have to turn back to family, Right? And usually, those are really the ones you can really depend on. Sometimes, not all the time now, by the way. Let's, let's not rush that one down and put that, ink, ink that one in glue and put that one in cement because sometimes a friend sticks closer than a brother. All right? You, you got you to begin to begin to balance that out. So our prayer of give us this day our daily bread. What's the word? The word give us this day in Matthew 6. Give us this day our daily bread. That means the word was a eternal thing. Once you get it, it wasn't just for the moment that you got it. It was for a lifestyle. Give us this day our daily bread. I'm giving you this word, our daily bread. As, as providers for our family, we're believing God that before I die, I want to be able to send all of our kids through college and pay all of our bills and leave no debt, leave nothing for them to pay when I leave here. I want to leave it better than when I got here. Give us this day our daily bread. It is an eternal supply of God that supersedes the short satisfaction of the world. Of the world, I'd rather go get God than go get things. Right? I'd rather go get God who's going to make me better. In Matthew 4, Jesus responded to the enemy the same way. Robert, look up Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 4 for me real quick. Jesus responded to the devil the same way. Make sure I'm on track. That when he was tempting him, when he was tempting him, he, he said, man, if you just bow to me, I'll give you all these things, and, 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 and you know, you'll, be, you'll rule with me. And Jesus said to him the same way he responded that we should all have, man shall not live by 
bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. I will not die to you. I will not bow to you, but I'm going to live to the word of God. So that's what it's times of getting hungry. When times are you're feeling like you're in this fast, you're getting hungry. I shall not live, but I shall not die, but live. I man shall not live by bread alone, but by everywhere. What word of God is in you that you're living by when you get hungry during the fast? Satan was tempting him. He was going over and over. That man shall not live by bread alone. It ain't even enough. That one roll won't even satisfy the rest of my life. But if I bow to you, I'll be hung up in you for the rest of my life. I'll give up on Christ. I'll give up on God. I'll give up on the things of God. Now, again, hearing most of the kids, and I asked them what they learned, they said, we learned today that our life isn't over. I learned today that, that I'm not a mistake for the rest of my life. I learned today that though my mom is dead and though things have left me, I'm not a mistake. Today, I learned that I'm worth something. Today, I learned. It only took two hours to do that. Two hours. In the presence of people you don't know, give them value. Now, I don't know all of their stuff, and I didn't even let them give them a chance to get in that. What I do know is that God showed up in a mighty way at a time nobody else would show up. And the people that are helping them hates them. Imagine that. Imagine being helped by somebody who hates you. That's a rough place to be in. In John chapter 8, verse 37, it says, I know that you are Abraham's seed. These are people seeking after Jesus. They come to get him. He says, I know that you are Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. Remember, people seek to kill the things of God. No longer believe, no longer have faith that things are going to happen in their life because the word doesn't have a place. I'm just not going to believe God for this anymore. That's because the word doesn't have a place. Because if the word's in there, you can believe that all things are possible. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because there's a word in there. But when there is no word, you can hear it out of their mouth. Oh, I'm, that's just never going to happen in my life. You wordless humans you're the new thing you're the seedless watermelon God can do all things through Christ but he's going to do it God's way you're giving up because he's going to do it your way amen amen he, he's, a, he's a giver so the word is in you when the saints go marching in God's got an army you are blessed to be a blessing but don't give up on what God. I'm just going to give up on my child. No, drag him in the church. Whatever you got to do. I was thankful that they made us go. I was thankful that they pushed us. Thankful that they pursued God in us. Now, my mother who buried a son wouldn't bury another son by those actions. Would not. My grandmother grieved so long for so many years over her twin sons that burned in a fire when they were little, that she grieved that, and this is my personal belief, that when she was living here with my aunt here in Austin, Texas, she grieved so much, I believe it came so much part of her, that's exactly how she died in a house fire. She never, never forgave herself for how they died. And sometimes you have to let go 
so you can move on. Right? Other cool time on Friday was I said if you replay your past, you're poisoning your future. These are things that I think, man, simple. I say this stuff all the time. Not to this group. This group was like, oh, my gosh. I've been poisoning my own future. I'm mad at people trying to help me. If you've ever worked with a, an, a not, not, <laughs> Round Rock is not the ghetto. <laughs> We're good with that? <laughs> I got kids walking around, Round Rock, okay? Uh, okay, it's not the ghetto. Brody Lane ain't the ghetto. It's not. It is not. You got a Walmart there. It's not. It's not the ghetto, okay? And what happens is people imitate what they see on TV. Most of the kids that were in that place locked up were from Pflugerville. They wrote on themselves. They were in little places. Boys living with mom and his girlfriend. I said, you're a man? Just because you cuss like one don't make you one. You want to see a man? You want to see a man? I'm a man. Find something about yourself that's valuable. So how do we get people on board with us? We were praying earlier, and I'm reading a book, and I recommend all of you need to read. you got to read. Read a book. It's simple. It's a 130-page book called The Energy Bus. It's all talking about having energy, having something positive. It's about being positive, not being negative. Nobody wants to get on a negative bus. Nobody wants to get on there and crawl on there. So this man's life, and, and, and then, you know, God don't even want to jump on a negative bus. <laughs> come on, God, come get down here with me. I was like, no, I, I, I died so you could get up from there. And you don't have to live down there. We, we got a better place. So listen to that. So, so don't kill off your faith. A consistent word life keeps us alive in our faith until what we are believing for manifests in the flesh. I will die believing. I will die believing. Die believing. These are old fears we have to get over. I thought I was going to die. And since no man had ever lived past 40, not, not a brother was, only one, uh, I figured I was going to die before I turned 40. And Miss Rita, for my 40th birthday, before I turned 40, planned a flight to Atlanta. And I thought, this is how I'll go. This is it. I go. And not only was it not, I didn't die, obviously, but there was a limousine and a suite waiting. So God was saying, not only did you not die, we're going to bless it. We're going to change 40. You're going to be the new 40. You're going to be the new living. New, new word of God. The kids don't, our kids don't need to see us complaining. and they need, Well, if they don't do their stuff, get on them. But speak the word over them. You're a child of the most high God. Take the trash out most highly. Most highly clean your room. Greater is he that will help you wash these dishes than that's in the world that's within you and this belt that's about to be on you. It's use the verses. Stay in the scriptures. And again, we know we love our kids, but you know, sometimes they act like they're not ours. Or they act like they are ours. <laughs> right? Right? So friendly, so fun, so times we spend nights so and with our kids worshiping and just just cool times and and then then last night they just you know all of a sudden you hear this unnecessary screaming unnecessary they they feel like they're just gonna scream back at each other go to your room go away go away I don't want to see you 
Let's see. Here's my word from the Lord. Be thou out of my sight. Don't talk to each other. And, 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 but that don't mean we give up on them. Amen? We still bring them to church. We still tell them they have to go. Still, still have to push them down and push through there. But, but have a word. I believe we need to go home and, and write down scriptures of healing, restoration, peace. Your kids struggling in school, you must be struggling to pray over them. Pray over them. Find scriptures about education in the Bible. I give you one, Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4. I speak it and pray it over as many people as I can. It says they'll wake up learned. They don't wake up stupid. They wake up learned, and they'll speak wisdom. They'll be wise before they open their mouth and say something to you. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17, here we go. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And this is difficult because a lot of times we can get caught up loving the world and say there's nothing wrong with it because we've got our newfound freedom. Uh, and, and, and even in the understanding that if you can take your freedom and not love the world, you're even freer with it. Because though God will continue to love you, it's amazing that people hurt those that they know will keep loving them the most. They do it. Why are you hurting me? I'm the one paying your bills. I'm the one doing your stuff. They'll hurt them. We, 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 we didn't do that growing up because we weren't sure if our mom loved us. We, we weren't sure because the way she would whoop us. So we weren't sure, so we, we couldn't get away with that sometimes. But she did. She loved us. She just real strong with it. She was outgoing with her love. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Coming to church is not enough. Respecting parents, respecting home, respecting things. It just coming here is not enough. It's like breathing. If you breathe every time, if you only took a breath of air the time you read your Bible, we'd be dead. Some people only breathe once a year, spiritually speaking. We breathe <laughs> once a month. And God is saying, breathe the word of God. It says, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. How many of y'all believe that you would have made a different choice? You wouldn't have gave in to the uh, thing that was tempting Eve. How many of y'all wouldn't have given in to the serpent? I don't believe I would have because I wouldn't have hung around with a snake. I'm just, that's just me. That might have been something else got me, but a snake was not going to get me. This is what they knew about snakes. A snake probably walked around because it had to be cursed down. So we all know that we probably would have made the same mistake. We have made it. We've given in to some things. Can't believe what Eve did to us. <laughs> Ladies say that about to give birth because apparently having birth wasn't a problem. You mean giving birth wasn't a problem? Having birth, giving birth, having birth was not a problem. giving birth wasn't a problem. Apparently, she was just out there picking weeds. You know. There's another one, you know. Just <laughs> apparently, it was that easy. If it had to be, if they had to be cursed, it might it might not even been nine months. It could have been Adam Newa's kid. <laughs> no, nothing. I mean, what was that? I mean, I got questions I'm going to ask God. I, I want to know. You, you had to make that difficult. So what was that like out there at the Chateau uh, Garden where, you know, Adam said, hey, man, there's eight kids. It's a whole it's a basketball team. They just started having babies because it had to be cursed. 
had to be cursed. Uh, and so in many lives, you know, just like that, right, it, it had to be cursed. Uh, a lot of times, regular life, what we should be having is blessed families, blessed marriages, blessed children. It's been cursed. Someone said, no, you, you're going to have a team. You're going to have a terrible twos. We start calling them that stuff early. No, I got a child that needs attention. Attention. I'm going to give him some attention. Well, how will I have to give that? The curse. Well, people have cursed those things. But, but just think about that. Think about that. Read the Bible and go back and find out how many children. The people won't know how the world got populated. Man, you know, I don't, okay, I got an issue. I've been watching National Geographic a lot. And I don't know what that is. I don't know what that's about. I don't know what's going on with me, but I love watching these animals. But they have no imagination. If it's 800 wildebeests, and two lions take one of your wildebeests and y'all watch, y'all got no imagination. This would be some dead lions. Humans are the only people with an imagination. You're the only one that can see something progressing, a future. Not animals, humans. When you don't have an imagination, you don't see better, you're acting like an animal. You're better than that. This is where I'm going to be the rest of my life. Unless you die, right then, there's other places to be. You are not an animal. Okay? So here's the last part of that verse. I'm going to finish reading that verse. And the world passeth away. The world will go, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. The will of God keeps, keeps us. <laughs> the will of God keeps us, and doing God's will refreshes us in this life. It is doing the will of God that keeps us refresh it does it keeps you it keeps you makes you feel better i mean all the sleep issues that you may have had i don't know about you guys but since we since the fast started those issues are not there i'm gonna ask what was i eating that was keeping me up all night what what was i eating that was keeping me up that much what was i eating that was making my body sore my, my legs don't hurt my knees don't hurt what what was i putting in me that was making me ache like that. I was walking down the stairs sideways sometimes just because I don't want to miss a step and slide down there through those things and be found hanging. It's just, what are you putting in you? But God is give, taking this time to show us. Man, you've been putting stuff in your body that you thought was strengthening you, was really tearing you apart. You're putting in you that, that was going astray. Okay, so keep doing the will of God. God's will is, is what connects us as a family with Jesus. Remember, he says, he says, that's not my mother, that's not my father. Those who do the will of my father are my brother and my sister. So it's amazing when people start giving up on God, what they're saying to you as a Christian is, I don't want to be brother and sister with you. I, okay, that's so quiet. Listen, Jesus said, those who do the will of my father are my brother and my sister. And that's why we're telling our kids, look, we want to stay family. I, I hear what we say. I never know we say we want to be family, but find in the Bible what it takes to be a family. The will of Father is to honor your mother and father. Honor them. We want to be a family. We want to keep you in here. Okay? Not get you kicked out of the reunion. So, 
many times loneliness is painful. Everybody say amen. But it's painful because the will of God has been forgotten. Because if God is, you're doing God's will, you're not alone. You're with God. He's got you. He's got daily schedule for you. So before you die, see that the will of God is established in your family for the next generation by living it to the fullest in front of them. So again, I, 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 again, I have to tell you guys, I give that speech of my stepfather's mother who spoke to me before she died. She gave me her two-hour speech about what she wanted to do, but I was the only one she talked to. I was the last of people that she talked to for that long. Right? And so her son, which is my stepfather, I, I get to tell him what she told me. Right? So at the time I'm ministering and my father was just now getting in the church and getting back into the things of God. But God could only talk through her to me because of where I stood in the family. So God is going to have you at a status. You're in church for a specific reason, but he's going to speak to you so he can speak to the family. So every time we go home and I have to have this, or we, he and I always leave everybody else when we're having family time so I can tell him this story over and over and over again with this patriarch who went through slavery, who went through racism, racism, who went through all kind of heartaches and all kind of tough times and lived through it, spoke to me, who will never experience what she went through, never will, so I could give this word to her son who was older than me, and then we could pass it throughout the rest of the family. Okay? He's, he's going to use you to do that specific thing, but we're going to be ready for it. All right? Amen? I want you guys to bow your heads. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, uh, Father, we just pray. We thank you that before we die, we want to see and, and have the integrity of what you've called us to see and have the integrity of. And we want to be a blessing. We want to be of increase. Now, if you were in here and you're praying and, and you've never acknowledged Jesus as your Lord and Savior, never lifted your hand or, or wanted any acknowledgement, I've never done this before. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand so we can pray over you. Awesome, awesome in the house. We're, we're in here together. Amen. Awesome. So here's what I need for you guys to do. As you were there with your heads bowed and your eyes are closed, I want you to repeat this corporate prayer after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I am here to stay. I believe your call, and by faith, I'm going to walk with you. The will of God was sent here for me. I personally receive it that I may know everything that you've put me here to do. Lord Jesus, I accept a word every day for myself and my family. Extended family will know the word of God. And before I die, I'm going to see your will completely established and my family forever and ever in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. I believe, I believe we're going to have it. I believe God's going to set you up in some places. I believe God's going to have you speak. Do not be afraid when you go in there. 